all this tracking stuff is great in, in, in the, in the tech and all that. I believe in it. I like it. Um, at the same time, you can't say, Hey, what are those other guys doing? You know, what, or what's going on in the, you know, what killed me was early on with soccer because soccer in Europe was really doing a lot of that stuff way before we were. Yep. And some of the soccer coaches were taking a look at, you know, Bundesliga or Premier League data. And I said, oh, we don't have a guy here that can that can run water out to a freaking Premier League player. Why are we looking at the distances and times? It's just yes. ridiculous. Yeah, you got to worry about your own team. Like that. that's when I first – when we first got GPS at Towson, the head football coach was like, oh, how does this compare to other teams? I'm like, bro, no. I'm not giving you any recommendations right now. We're just collecting data on what you do and what we do. It doesn't right. matter. Like it's got to be us. Right. No, I mean there, there's no other way to do it. And, and you you know, you're, the, the data thing is important. The most important thing about gathering data is to make your data better. Ooh. That, that's it. Ooh. It's, it's not about yes. comparing data. It's making your data. And you want them to bench X amount of weight. And it's going to be some time before we're going to see that, right? Well, you can't, you can't leap over that. You can't take the elevator to the penthouse. You've got to hit every one of those floors. So what's, what's the virtue in looking at that? I, the way I look at it is, I think it's curious. You know, it's interesting, but it means nothing to me. Nothing. And, and here's, here's what they don't get about then. Don't get me started on data because you're going to run out of oh, battery. Oh, I just got you started. I just got you started. Go with it. And your headphones are going to fall off and... You know, no, I'm dialed in. What do you got? I'm going to get grayer as we saw. Well, I mean, the thing you forget about the, the data is that if we both have a tracking system, whatever, who knows, heart rate, whatever, we both have those systems. And then I want to compare their load. Let me just make it real simple. Their load to my load. Okay. Well, the, the data doesn't, it's, it's just, it's just a, to, a toy. There's nothing, it doesn't do anything on its own. It's going to collect all this stuff. Whatever you tell it to do, it's going to collect all this stuff. <laughs> and then you say, okay, well, their data is different than ours. And I say, well, you're only just looking at the numbers. Here's what's really different. Our room, our coaches, our scheme, yes. our climate, our grass, our turf. There's all this other stuff that you, you have to add in. If you really want to do it, and everybody talk about, oh, you know, we took a deep dive. Dude, you're diving in the three-foot pool. <laughs> You're not doing any diving at all. You just you just busted your neck on that three foot dive. You're missing all the good stuff. So uh, that's the thing that I think we're missing for sure. There on top of the. So this is the way I, this is the way I say it. And I said this years ago. And, and catapult, Vald, whatever these it, they're great companies. And like I say, I like it. I think it gets me closer to certainty that's what we want right i want to get as close to certain as we can because nothing really is certain in life and training and whatever you can't really be certain too much so i like it but it's it doesn't do anything like my son i could tell my son here take this catapult i want you to look at justin lima right here take those numbers and give them to me he can do that I, he doesn't need any you know five day in service to do that he does it in minecraft <laughs> you know but, but, but what it is, is it's operator error. I mean, think about this now. Think about this hard. Of, of all the time that you know about and all the time I know about in performance, 
there's never been more technology, more depth of understanding of biomechanics, kinematics, kinetics, and physiology than ever before. Still, to this very day, we've not seen any significant difference in injury reduction at all. Zero. And I say zero. Somebody said, well, last year we reduced our injury. Yeah, that's, that could be just white noise. Let's, let's take a look at it over five, seven, eight years, right? But we haven't seen anything. It's the practitioner. It's, it's operator error. Look, it's like a toaster. You put toast in the toaster and burn it. That's your fault. It ain't the toaster's fault. Yeah, don't blame that. To, or like the car. If you get in an accident, don't blame the car. Exactly. And so that, that's, what, that's what just bef, just befuddles me. Like, how are you guys not figuring this out? Well, again, the deep dive. Everybody's looking for that 1%. Let's look at the fascicle and the Golgi tendon body. And I'm like, well, the Golgi tendon body would be good if that guy could squat worth a crap. I mean, you can't, that's not even a, nobody would consider that a clean, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you'd have to stretch the definition for that to actually be a lunge, you know, when you look at it, like, let's, let's do the basic things. Those things still make you hit the homer, right? I mean, you, you, you can make 50% gains on those things and you're looking for that one little 1%, you know, ATP, come on, dude, gets boring. Was it baseball that did it because of Moneyball and the movie and analytics because baseball had always had the biggest track record? Or was it the fact that teams in Europe were doing it? Like, what drove it then, in your opinion? Uh, well, I mean, in, in baseball, it was, yeah, I mean, essentially, I was there for it. It was Billy Bean and what we did in Oakland, you know, started all that stuff in motion. But it, it was happening in other places, mostly in Europe, and nobody really grabbed onto it. Baseball, baseball was really one of those intuitive sports, right? You know, I, I mean, I know this guy hasn't gotten a hit in a while, but I feel like he's going to get one today type of thing. And and let's, let's, let's be clear about intuition, right? It's not a crystal ball thing. Intuition is a background of experiences that happen like that. You see, they just flashes in front of you, right? It's that same thing that lets you know, like, I'm going to take a whack at this, right? Boom, and you get it. It's not just something that you just, you know, falls out of the air and hits you in the head like an acorn, like, oh, are they going to go bench presses? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's not like that. And, and so intuition is, is a valuable part. In fact, Catapult may have got a little pissed at me. I was the, one of the keynotes at the, at the basketball one, you know, like 150 years ago. But uh, they, they, I said, you know, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Uh, the best results are science, intuition, and common sense. You have to have all three of those. If you don't have all three of those, you're done. Intuition, common sense, and science. You can't do it without the science, but you also can't do it without the intuition because the science are just numbers and the numbers don't have heartbeats. They don't have lives. Mm -hmm. So you, once you understand that, then, then it comes into the common sense piece. You know, I, you know, like, like some of the things we're seeing now, people are, debating about these common exercises and exercises have been around forever. Somebody finally just said, okay, let's just not worry about the science for a minute. Just look at that. Does that really look like that makes sense? And now all of a sudden we find out it doesn't, right? And so you just go, oh, okay. But that's going to be backed by the science. <laughs> that's going to be backed by the science in the end. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love technology and I love data because it gets me closer to, 
to certainty. And that's what we all want to do. We want to be as close as we can to making sure we make the right move. Not for me, for but for you. Yep. When I'm training you, I want it to be the best for you. But um, that's it's important to understand all those other things that are involved. Otherwise it's, it's just a huge mistake. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be fundamentally sound and, it'll, and in the end, it's just a waste of time. And I think today I've seen it more times than I've ever, more times than I had not seen it. People are just gathering as much data and doing all this testing and not doing a damn thing with it. Taking a quick break from the show to talk to you about our membership site. If you find value from our podcast, you are guaranteed to find more value inside of the Strength Coach Network video library inside the membership. Doesn't matter the level coach you are, you can see all of our 170 plus lectures sorted three different ways. Based on the level of expertise coach you are, aspiring, established, or head, you can sort it by every sport imaginable, and you can sort it by every topic in strength and conditioning. This makes all of the content consumable easy for you and for your staff members to be able to deep dive on any topic in strength and conditioning. Click the link down below to try the site out for 24 hours for only $1. Then your membership turns into a monthly membership where the price is less than $30 a month for $29.99, which is less than going out to dinner by yourself. You have access to all of this content. Click the link down below. Nothing. Zero. I I agree with that. And do you think that with the more and more profession, like the applied sports science roles, do you think that that's eventually just, it's going to eventually work itself out where people are going to become better and better educated on it? Or where do you see this thing going in the next five years? If you did like, and I know you've, we can't predict it, but like, where do you just see the field of strength and conditioning going? I think it's, it's evolved. It's evolved out a little bit, right? Cause in the beginning, we were the data scientists. We were yeah, the we tracking were systems. We were, we were big data. Somebody says, you know, it's big data. And I'm thinking, was data ever not big? I mean, even though we were taking average squat and deadlifts and stuff, I mean, it was still important. I mean, I wasn't taking it, you know, for my health. It was something that's going to help me prescribe, right? And and create programs. Um, so I, 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 I think it's, you know, we did all that. We were the nutritionists. We were, we were all of it. Right. And then all of a sudden these, these things became a little more, um, specific and more fractionalized. There's more expertise in those areas, right? We knew it where it became too heavy. It became too heavy for all of us to do it, which is fine. But at the same time, I, I think if you're not, if you're not paying attention to all that and, you know, listen, it's, it's not, it's not that big a deal to be up on the latest nutrition or the biomechanics and all. And I think most strength conditioning coaches are where the, I don't think the contrary is true in the other disciplines, but I, I, I think you have to, you know, the, the more value is for you to know that when somebody in, in the sports science or somebody in rehabilitation or some nutrition is telling you something that's not true. You, you need to know about that. You need to be able to discern that because listen, here's, here's what happens to these people who have the fear, right? Like, Oh, you know, uh, uh, that that's my job. You know, I, I, you know, you're, you're doing my job now, you know, you trying to do my job. And I say, no, 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 I'm not trying to do your job, but you need to help me do mine. And, you know, I'm not going to get yelled at because you're not giving my athlete the best nutrition or I'm not going to get yelled at because that rehab was really bad. And I, you said, no, he's ready to go. And so I set him up on the ready to go program and he got re-injured. 
So it's not that I want to do your job. I want you to help me do mine or we're going to have a problem. That's how it should be. Yeah, no, I mean, that's people. I mean, this is a guy that has the amount of expertise that you've in the different jobs and places that you've had, like kind of, kind of mind blowing. Um, anybody that <laughs> yeah. doesn't know, anybody that doesn't know, give them the quick version of your background, you know, from oh, how you started to, you know, you mentioned the fact starting off at $10,000, but like, yeah. how has, how has your role evolved from, you know, everywhere, even with stops at Powerlift and, um, you know, the final role at, uh, Cal state Northridge. Well, so this is my 42nd year in coaching. Um, I started out at UCLA in 84. Uh, well, that's not true. I started out up at in Chico when I graduated from Chico State, California State University, Chico, Northern California, about 100 miles north of Sacramento. Fantastic education and background to play baseball and go to school. Um, I was a director there, uh, an assistant at, at some point with a hospital-based sports medicine center. And that's where I kind of started coaching. And I took over the football team at my school. And, and then from there at 84, I got a job, spent 10 years at UCLA. And in those 10 years, we ended up winning 22 national championships across all sports. Absolutely the most dominant school at the time. Um, football, basketball, I mean, you know, funny story, football, we, we ended up setting a, a New Year's Day bowl game record. But, you know, then I think there was only like seven bowls. Yeah. <laughs> now there's a, 107 bowls. Let's see. Um, from there, I went to the Oakland A's for almost, what, what, almost 10 years. So 93, I went to the A's. I was their first. I did a lot of firsts. I know that. I was talking to somebody else about that. So I was the first assistant strength coach in UCLA history. Jeez. Then we moved. Then, then in my seventh year, we separated football and Olympic sports, and I became the director of all Olympic sports and the administrator of the room. So we were the first school in history to separate football and everybody else. Um, then I went to the Oakland A's and became their first strength coach in Oakland A's history. I did that for 10 years. Of course, that ran into was it 10 years, 90, 93 to 2001. Ran that into Moneyball, so I was part of that. And um, that was exciting. Again, something that we built. Um, took about four years off, went with Jason Giambi to the Yankees and, you know, started a website, wrote a book, stayed there for a while, and then um, came back to UC Santa Barbara and was a director at Santa Barbara for four years, um, 2005 to 2008. 2008 was on my first Olympic team as an Olympic team member, so I think I'm pretty sure I was the first strength coach uh, to be on the Olympic team, not just somebody who was coaching somebody and went, but I got the jacket and everything else to walk, but we, we had to play too early the next day. So I didn't take that trip. Here's, here's a great story. So we, we ended up losing to Latvia in the first round. We were now, we were world champions. And then Phil Dalhauser and Todd Rogers go and we play in the, in the, and so there's a, they have a tournament and then they play the games, right? So they have a round robin, three matches. We lose to Latvia, arguably the worst team on the face of the earth. And Phil Dalhauser, who's six nine, hitting the ball into the net. I'm thinking, we didn't come to Beijing for this is unbelievable. Like you know, so we're like, so 
we come back and work out. And so my plan then was to work out after every match because I'm, I'm planning to play in the final, which we're going to be there for a month. So we're going to work out after every match. That way they can have the next day off. So, and then they can do whatever they want. So we're waiting in. Todd's there. You know, it's like midnight, Beijing time. Who knows what time it is everywhere in the world. But, so we're waiting. <laughs> Phil's not there, right? And, and, and you know, you can debate, you know, the reason why we lost it. But really it was Phil that, you know, hit a couple of balls into the net and things are like, you know, God dang. And, and who eventually becomes the greatest player in the world in, in the decade, his era. Um, and so finally he comes in late. Sorry, guys. You know, like, okay. 